I'm glad you've joined us online today. We're going to talk about the help God wants to give us in dealing with anger, and he will help if we ask for his help. The basic emotion tied to anger is hostility. On the positive side, we get a boost of energy from anger. It prepares us physically and psychologically to either run from danger or fight in when we're in danger. It flows through us, and we determine whether it helps us or hurts us. On the negative side, it distorts reality and priorities. This sign is on the side view mirror of cars. Objects in mirror are closer than they appear. When you're angry, you don't get that warning that your reality tends to be distorted. And you don't get that warning unless you've learned from past experience wisdom to know to rein it in. When you're angry, you just don't get that warning. Revenge may rise to the top priority which leads to very poor decisions and much damage. If you don't handle the negative side well, you end up in discouragement and disappointment. Some of us go inward with anger and implode. Others of us go outward and explode, either direction is very damaging. I tend to go outward and explode. Someone threw a golf ball through the window when we lived in the apartments where the first the church first got started. His name might have been Thad. Anyway, we didn't have a lot of money. So I decided to fix the window myself, which I had no experience in measuring a frame of a window, and I'm not that handy anyway. So I measured the frame and went down to the glass shop to have it cut out. And when I tried to put the window in the frame, there was a gap, a sliver of a gap about so wide between the window and the frame. So, of course, I tried. I knew that wouldn't be good, the gap. So it would let cold in or heat in. So I tried to tweak the window a little bit, and it cracked down the middle. I am not proud of how I reacted. I stomped on the glass that remained and probably yelled. I tend to go outward and explode, to say the least. The fact is, there's a predictable sequence to emotional eruptions. They're triggered, and there's a predictable sequence that follows. Precondition, trigger, emotional state, actions, results, consequences. First, you're in a precondition. Me, in some situation that's physical or emotional. When Thad threw the golf ball through the window, we were hurting financially. 
And I was under pressure to get the church off the ground. The trigger. Something happens that kickstarts the anger. The window got broken. Emotional state. I feel. And as I feel, as I experience the emotion of anger, there is a brief decision interval where I'm deciding to react or respond. I should have made a better decision to not react, but thankfully God is gracious. I take actions. I have thoughts. I choose attitudes and give looks. I use words and do deeds. The window broke. I blew up and threw a fit. The results are either good or bad. These were very bad results, and the consequences for me, were bad. I scared my wife, and I set a bad example for my son. I want to look at an example from Scripture uh, where Moses was at the rock of Meribah. The precondition for Moses and the Israelites were that they were tired of wandering through the wilderness And Moses was tired of leading cranky people. Numbers 22.3 Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother and his right-hand man in leadership. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. This is a totally ridiculous statement. They would rather die than go without water or trust God to provide the water. And they were vocal about it. They didn't make good use of the decision interval, did they? The brief moment when you're deciding whether to react or respond thoughtfully. Instead, they quarreled with Moses, and we'll talk about Moses' reaction in a moment. They start questioning Moses' motives. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place. It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. They say they would rather be back in Egypt Egypt than in this wilderness. A totally irrational thought that led them to say what's ridiculous. Initially, Moses did the right thing. He and Aaron went before God. Verse 6. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. During his prayer, God told Moses, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and your Aaron, your brother, 
and tell the rock before your their eyes to yield its water. You shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. So Moses sort of did what God instructed, but not exactly. Verse 10 and 11. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their livestock. He labeled the Israelites rebels, which they were, but in anger he struck the rock twice. This was the reaction, and it had a consequence. The consequences of his anger are shown in verse 12. Now, and the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land I have given them. So Moses was not allowed to enter the promise land. This was the consequences of his lack of faith. He, he, he messed up in anger. He struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock. This is interesting. Verse 13. These are the waters of Meribah where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord and through them he showed himself holy. They named the waters Meribah, which means literally quarreling in the Hebrew language. It's stated here that the people quarrel with the Lord when they actually quarrel with Moses and Aaron. This shows that when you quarrel with a leader that God has put in place, somebody he's put in authority, you are really quarreling with God who put them over you. That's a very clear picture from Scripture of how the predictable sequence plays out. And now I'd like to turn and shift to what God says about anger in general. Anger tends to soar to greater intensity and damage. It We can easily go from annoyed to frustrated to exasperated to argumentative to bitter to vengeful to furious. Annoyed is the least angry, obviously, and furious is the most angry. So let's talk about what God thinks about anger. The first thing to note is anger isn't sin, but it easily leads to it. Psalm 4.4 Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your own hearts on your beds and be silent. In other words, use the decision interval to think about your response before you react. And this is clear from what 
this passage is saying. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 has a similar perspective. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. We should deal with anger before sunset. Let the sundown be a trigger to seek to make it right with others, to seek to reconcile with them, to ask forgiveness if you've blown up in anger. The sooner you deal with anger, the faster you get past it and onto productive and not damaging things. If you let it simmer, the heat always gets turned up and comes to a boil. Next, the devil gets a foothold through anger. If anger causes you to sin, the devil takes advantage. Literally, a foothold means in the Greek that this passage was written in, it means a place in your life. You give the devil room to work in you. It's like someone grabbing your foot and tripping you when you're running for a touchdown. So it's crucial to learn to deal with anger before it takes us down and keeps us from accomplishing the important goals in our lives. Over time, unresolved anger sinks into your spirit like poison and creates resentment and bitterness that ruins families and friendships and working relationships. Anger is the doorway to demonic invasion. Another fact is that anger usually ends up in discouragement. I I would say always in discouragement, unless you're hard-hearted, for sure. We need to fast forward to the disappointment in ourselves after the outburst. If you implode or explode, you get discouraged and disappointed with yourself that you didn't respond appropriately. And responding appropriately means that you lose self-respect. And self-respect grows out of thinking and doing right before God. Let's look at how God answers this question. How can we get control of anger? First, we make it our goal to shift from hurt to help. Harold Bullock, my mentor, said this at the Relevate conference in November. And we need God's help to do this. We need the help of God Almighty to shift from wanting to hurt somebody to wanting to help them. I I can't do this on my own, for sure. When I'm ticked, I want to hurt somebody. I I Mostly with words, a cold shoulder, or a dirty look, I have a whole repertoire of ways to hurt people, and I bet you do too. The intensity increases as you move up the scale from annoyed to frustrated to exasperated to argumentative to bitter to vengeful to furious. We need to back up and to where anger starts to boil 
too annoyed. When annoyed, we should do what God tells us to do in Scripture. First, slow down and listen. James 1, 19, 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach from UCLA who won a lot of basketball championships, NCAA championships, he used to say, be quick, but don't hurry. What he meant by this statement is to be quick, but don't get into haste and be frantic. Because being frantic and getting into haste leads to all kinds of mistakes on the basketball court. In dealing with anger, we would say, be slow, but be quick. In other words, be slow to anger. Think through your response. Ponder on your beds in your hearts before you react. But be quick to deal with anger when you experience it. Anger causes all kinds of damage. It leads to haste, and haste leads us to react. Be patient. If you don't handle anger the right way, circumstances are going to pour fuel on the fire of anger and cause real damage. For most of us, anger is a force that we must deal with to accomplish God's purpose for a given day. It can simmer in us, and then we let off steam in counterproductive ways, for sure. Here's a video clip from the movie Kicking and Screaming, where a guy loses his patience and doesn't handle anger too well. Let's watch this together. Ooh, I don't know. The Irish cream sounds good, huh? What's that? Uh, it's cream and it's, uh, it's Irish. Hurry up and order! Excuse me. Thank you. Um, how about a smoothie? What's in that? Smoothie's a juice drink. We want coffee. Buddy, relax. No, you relax. I'm a regular here. This line needs to move. I beg your pardon. Do you have scones? Tall, non-fat, double latte. Sir, you're at the back of the line. I recognize that. Cut it out or you're out of here. You can't kick me out. You know what? You're, you're really invading my ear space. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. Do you have a card? Do you have a card? No, I don't have Does a card. Does anyone here have a card? We don't have frequent drinker cards. That's a video club card. Ah! Zip it there, Sporty Spice. Are we doing this? Oh. Is this happening now? Yes. Want to Sorry. Go? I'd Let's love do to. it. Oh. You're hurting me. You're hurting me. One of the things that helps and motivates me and will help you to deal with anger is an after-action review. My brother-in-law was in the Army, and he used to talk about how after a battle, either simulated or real, they would do an AAR, an after-action review of what took place. We need to do the same thing and consider the damaging consequences of our actions. After I get angry and use words to hurt the people I love, I feel convicted of 
the wrong I've done by the Holy Spirit. I've blown up on them. I've hurt my wife or my kids, my co-workers, and others. After you've blown up, after I've blown up or imploded, you need to get alone with God and ask him to show you what went wrong and how to change. Remember, the look on your face, of the face of your wife or child, as you were yelling and saying hurtful things to them. Did you see the look of the bystanders, how frustrated they were in that clip I showed? Consider the damage done and time wasted by using words that tear down versus building up. And think about how you can do it differently. Ask God for help in this. Man's anger does not honor the Lord or accomplish his goals. It doesn't produce the righteousness of God for a given day. Second, we should decide to do good and not retaliate. Romans 12, 19 21 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is a tall order because when we're angry, we want to retaliate and we also have the energy to do it. We want to retaliate, but vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, and says that his followers need to bless those who curse or insult us, pray for those who make life difficult for us, meet the legitimate needs of our enemies. This is the last thing I want to do. So I need God's help to meet the needs of my enemies. Rather than doing what you want to do, when you're angry, which has hurt somebody, you need to feed your enemy if he's hungry, give him something to drink if he's thirsty. Basically, we should meet our enemy's needs. I'm going to need supernatural help for that. I don't know about you, but I need help to do that. The Bible says this will heap burning coals on your enemy's head. But we shouldn't take too much joy in pouring the coals on the head of our enemy because we should be in the same position. We, we could possibly be in the same position and, and be hurting in that way as well. The kids in Kids Zone get taught a way to deal with thoughts and emotions that come from the flesh or the enemy. Uh, and this pattern is good. 
for adults as well. They're taught to say, hey, say, pray, obey. Hey, identify the emotion. I'm feeling angry. Say the scripture. Be angry and do not sin. Pray, Father, please help me to do right and change from wanting to hurt to wanting to help. Obey. Refuse to hurt, to speak or do wrong. Take the next step to change, hurt, to help. I hope God has spoken to you through this message today. And I want to stop and give you some time to think through some next steps that you may want to take uh, from after hearing this message. You may have others, but I have some suggestions for you. First of all, choose one of the following steps to apply immediately. Circle it in your mind or circle it if you're taking notes. Be quick to deal with anger so the enemy doesn't get a foothold. Let sundown be a trigger to help you deal with things before God. Deal with your anger before God. Slow down and listen is the second step. Get along with God and ask him to help you work through your anger to the point where you can pinpoint what went wrong, what led to it. Back up to where you were annoyed and try to figure out what happened and where you blew past annoyed and clear it up with God and others that you've wronged. And then ask the Lord to help you decide to do good and not retaliate. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your kindness and your grace and your strength. And I pray, God, that you would give us the help to do what you've put on our heart to do, to take the steps of obedience that you want us to take today. I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.